welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, April 20th, 2016. Hope everybody's having a great week so far. Uh, do you know what it's like to socialize? That's S-O-U-L-C-I-A-L-I-Z-E. Well, that's what we're going to learn about tonight. Our special guest is Tara Janelle Walsh, and she's going to come on in a few moments, and we're going to talk about her book called Soul Courage, Watch What Happens, an opening to life you may never have thought possible. It's kind of uh, a uh, guidebook on how to live your life from the inside out instead of how most of us live our lives from the outside in. So looking forward to speaking, meeting, and speaking with Tara uh, momentarily. Uh, What's going on out there? Well, and here we are in New York City. Gorgeous weather, absolutely spectacular spring weather. All the trees are blooming, leaves everywhere. I had my son with me today. He's he's two. He's going to be three next month. And we went to Central Park and we went high up to uh, the fort uh, on the Har- Harlem Mere and overlooked the water. And we had a little snack up there. And he had a scooter with him. And we went all around. It was just absolutely absolutely fantastic. And one of the reasons I love living in Harlem, where I live, which is only about five blocks from Central Park, is that we're five blocks from Central Park. And uh, being able to uh, get nature in your life and not be checking your phone all the time and just be, you know, enjoy the nature, enjoy the time and be present. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing with my little guy today. And uh, being part of nature, especially if you're in New York City, where you know, there's so many areas in the city where it just seems like there's no trees, it's just concrete and people and commercialism. Uh, it's great when you can go into Central Park. The energy changes instantly and is absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. And every year, because of all of the wonderful contributors to the conservatory, Central Park gets better and better and better. And it is just beautiful. I have a choice of, I can't tell you how many different playgrounds I can take my son to. There's all different types of paths to go through. Um, It's just wonderful. And I love to go there on my own uh, when I run. I do the uh, 6.2 mile outer loop every week. I got to tell you, it's all hills and it never gets easier, but it's the best training run that I've ever had anywhere. My favorite place to run is down the Jersey Shore along the boardwalk from Ocean Grove down to Spring Lake and back. But um, that's flat and it's a little bit different. This run, uh, and usually there I'll go for like an hour and 40 minutes or so. But when I run in the city, I used to run, I used to live down on 34th Street down on the west side and I'd run along the uh, Hudson Hudson Yard area there, the Hudson River Park, and it was fantastic. Uh, but running in Central Park is a, is a different ball game. There's no water really there, except if you want to run around the reservoir, which I did when I first started running. But where I run now is the uh, outer loop. It's in the park, but it's the outer loop. And it, I started 110th Street on the west side, and it just starts going up and down and up and down and up and down. It comes all the way around, and I end by coming up again. And it's, uh, it's a tough hour run. But I love it. I absolutely love it. And this is my favorite time of year to make that run. So what's going on out there in a kind of the guys, guys world? What I got to tell you, um, the whole guys, guys movement, as you know, started with my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love. And a lot of people, a lot of people in the press thought it was a, uh, a guidebook. And it was a guidebook in a way because the lead character in the, in the novel uh, writes this column about men for women called The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love. 
So I got a lot of questions and a lot of his columns are in the book. So I got a lot of media appearances and was asked a lot about dating relationships. So I started blogging and um, we've got over 250 blog posts up and we're all over the internet. Uh, I've been picked up by lots of other uh, websites. Um, and my name of the website is robertmanny.com, M-A-N-N-I.com. And um, it's on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. You can also find me on Twitter, YouTube, and every episode of Facebook, of course. And uh, just, I'll just look up uh, Robert Manny, R-O-B-E-R-T-M-A-N-N-I. Um, and then also every podcast for Guys Guys Radio is on Blog Talk Radio as well as iTunes. So you can subscribe there and listen whenever you want. But we've got over 180 podcasts now of Guys Guys Radio. And we started out talking about relationships. And then we kind of branched out and we had a lot of uh, authors on. And we've had a lot of uh, spiritual metaphysical people come on. And I, I've kind of patterned the way the brand has grown. I've got an agent now from uh, some nonfiction Guys Guys books that we're pitching. And I've patterned the the growth of the brand based on two tenets one is when men and women can be at their best everyone wins and better men better world and it's really about you know men but it's for women who love men and want to learn more about them it's also for men being the the best they can be and men have a lot of work to do because women have uh are finally getting their long overdue recognition for all the great things they've been doing and continue to do and guys are a little bit caught, caught in the crosshairs, not knowing what their role is. Well, it's more important to be a man more than ever now. And women want men to be men. And that doesn't mean macho, chauvinistic men. It means more uh, evolved man with uh, casual confidence and, and uh, emotional intelligence and uh, just being a good guy, being a guy's guy. So we've kept that going. And I think this summer I'm going to start skewing the program. We have a lot of guests lined up between now and then, but I think I'm going to start skewing the program towards men and men's issue and get a lot of guys on here. Uh, and we're going to talk about my different blog posts. I post a lot about um, relationships, but also about wellness and some of the aspects of the, my own personal journey, which is uh, I had uh, some surprise uh, surgery uh, going on a year and a half ago now. And, um, actually getting an MRI next month, but everything turned out fantastic. But it put me a little deeper on the journey that I was already on, which is trying to, not trying to, but really getting more in touch with who I am and my relationship with uh, the universe and uh, the universal consciousness. And uh, with that, I've gotten so many wonderful guests sent my way uh, about wh who we are and uh, how we need to live better lives and how we have God within us. And uh, actually, our guest this evening, I'm going to bring her on in a few minutes, uh, Tara Janelle Walsh. Her dad is Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote Conversations with God, which are some of the most important uh, spiritual texts of our modern time. So I'm honored that she's going to uh, join us in a moment or two. Real quick, let's just get a, touch on a couple of things. One is... Um, I've been doing a, I've been trying, I've been fasting and cleansing and detoxing. And some people don't believe in detoxing. I, it's worked for me and I've adapted my diet and uh, just over time, it's just been, and fortunately I have a partner. My wife's been leading the charge on there. She's very knowledgeable in this area. And uh, the latest thing I've been doing, and I didn't think I would get that much out of it, but I've been pleasantly surprised. And that is been detoxing with, Pascalite clay. 
There's different types of clay. This one's called pascalite. It's from Wyoming. And basically the clay, you can use it topically, but also you can put it at a, a, a metric teaspoon of it in water. And then you cover the water and leave it out overnight. By the morning, it'll be so alive, almost glowing. And then you drink it on an empty stomach. And what it does is it goes through your system and it pulls out heavy metals. It kills parasites. It pulls out toxins, removes them from your system. I have a pretty good diet and I thought I was in pretty great shape. And I, tr I took the Pascalite for the first time uh, uh, last Friday. Got to tell you, I had a stomach ache and a blistering headache for two days. I didn't realize how much gunk I probably had inside still. Uh, but after that, it kind of evened out and I've been drinking a glass of it every morning. I had been, and I still do, drink a glass of uh, water with uh, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar every day on an empty stomach. But now I do it uh, before I go to bed because I'm doing the clay. I'm going to do that for three weeks and then stop and see how I feel. Because with all these cleanses and detoxes and stuff like that, you know, from everything I've read is you don't want to do it. It's not a permanent. You just do it for a while and uh, see how you feel. And everybody reacts differently. But for me, Every every time I've gone on a cleanse or a purge or a detox, I've gotten wonderful, wonderful results. And uh, one of the main things is not going too crazy with it, but just do things for like a couple of weeks uh, and see how you feel. And uh, it's really these things to me clean have cleaned me out and uh, I feel really good. So anyhow, Pascalite, P-A-S-C-A-L-L-I-T-E, clay. And you can look it up online and uh, there's other types of clay that you can get and the same it's all about where the clay is sourced so we did some research and we found that pascalite clay is a really special clay from wyoming you you can actually buy it right from the right from wyoming where from the source if you will it's not that expensive but it's wonderful and i've used it also topically i had a i had like a, like a canker sore on my uh corner of my mouth and i put it on there and i gotta tell you it healed it like in a day and uh, I was like, wow, amazing. So uh, I'm a fan and just want to share that with you. What else is going on out there before we bring our special guest on? Well, we had the elections here in New York last night. And of course, Donald Trump uh, did, a, you know, he got a lot of votes. But it's interesting that he did not win Manhattan. Big Mr. Manhattan lost to John Kasich here. And they really don't say too much about that. Elsewhere, uh, Hillary beat out Bernie Sanders, but of course there were over 100,000 missing pallets. And you would think that, you would think that in this day and age, if we can pay our taxes online, we can give the government our money online, why can't we vote online? That would make things so much simpler, but I guess you got to ask yourself the question, do the powers that be really want us to vote? So interesting. Plus, the Democratic convention, the Democratic primaries uh, in New York, at least, are closed. So if you're an independent myself, I couldn't vote. Uh, so interesting. So I think what's happening, though, and I th give a lot of credit to the Internet and social media for all the craziness that's out there. You know, there's a lot of awareness for a lot of issues that people weren't talking about before, whether it be GMOs or UFOs or fracking or so much stuff that was kind of just been swept under the rug. People are talking about it. And of course, people get the wrong information sometimes, but there's a lot more awareness to how the system works, what's going on out there, 
and what we have to be careful for. And I think it's part of a worldwide awakening and it's going to take some time. And some people are going to just put their head down. They don't want to know things are different. They're going to fight and fight and fight. It's like climate change. You know, I, it always amazes me how some people are so, so, uh, uh, against the possibility of climate change. Now, what, if you know, if you're, the thing is, if you're wrong about it, we're all doomed. So why would people be so vigorous in their opposition of the possibility of climate change? And I think it's like that about a lot of things, whether it's fracking or GMOs or whatever. It's that people just don't want to have to face the facts that maybe they've been wrong about things. Maybe they got bamboozled. Maybe they've been fooled. But you know what? That's okay. We're people. We learn that it's better to be aware and better to wake up than keep your head in the sand. And with that, I want to talk about our special guest, Tara Janelle Wall. She's got this book called Soul Courage. She's the founder uh, and spirit behind the Soulibrate greeting card company, cards of which are being sold in hundreds of stores worldwide, carrying messages of encouragement and empowerment. She also speaks publicly about personal development. Uh, program that she created called Socialize, and we're going to talk about that tonight, that increases emotional awareness and inspires others to live soul first, which she believes creates a soul connection and has the ability to enrich the world at large. And what could be better than that? So without further ado, let me introduce my special guest, Tara Janelle Walsh. Good evening, Tara. Hi. How are, How are you? Are you? Uh, fantastic. And thank you so much for being uh, on Guys Guys Radio. As uh, I was mentioning, you know, the show, it's called Guys Guys Radio, but it's not just about men's issues. It's about issues that affect men and mankind. And, you know, for the last uh, six months or so, we've been kind of on a spiritual journey, as I have been as a guy. So we're welcoming all different types of uh, metaphysical and spiritual skewed guests like yourself. And I have to tell you, I read your book this week, and I really enjoyed it, and I'm thrilled that you're here to talk about it with us. Oh, great. I'm so glad you read it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I, do, I do my very best. I'm thrilled when I get questions from a guest. That really helps me out a lot and gives me a framework. But I, ha- I do my very best while I work out on the elliptical train or whatever, early in the morning or late at night. I do my best to bring a book along and read every, every book from every guest. And uh, I've learned so much and I've made so many great connections. So I was happy to read your book and I really enjoyed it. And it's a pretty quick read, but right to the point. And you've got a lot of interesting things. So tell us a little bit about the framework as to why you decided to, what was the inspiration to write this book and really what is the main message that you're conveying? And then we'll get into the book from there. Well, the inspiration started uh, quite a few years ago, actually, back in the late 90s, when I went through a really hard time in my life. And, you know, we, well, I almost said we've all been there, but (laughs) that's probably not true. But most of us have been there, you know, where it feels like our face is right on the dirt, and we have just hit Mm -hmm. our lowest point ever. And that's where I was, you know, I had a seven-year eating disorder that spiraled into severe depression. And I just, it just got out of control and I was hospitalized. And, and all that being said, when I got out of the hospital, I saw the world in a whole different way. I just experienced people and feelings and emotions from myself and others. It, it almost was like I had a new filter on or something. So it just, I had major aha moments everywhere. And that's what brought it all on. Um, shortly after I I opened a, you know, I created my 
greeting card company, which I have now called Solibrate, which you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, the kind of desire to want to support others in expressing their feelings and reaching out to others and so forth. But this book has been in me for quite a while. And I finally just got the courage to wrap it all together and, and roll it out there. <laughs> now, when you say it, it's, it's been in you, um, and I know the feeling because uh, I had the I wrote two novels and the second one got published and the first one was a was a great exercise and it taught me how to write novels and it it was there for me to set me on the path. But the mm-hmm. second book was inside also and it had to come out. And now I have a third book and that's got to come out. But how did what was your experience in terms of that feeling of knowing that you had something in there that you had to had to shape and get on paper and get it out to people? Yeah, it's so interesting because through the years, as we all do, and like you said, every time you read a new book, you learn something new or it changes your perspective at the very least of something that you had already known. That was the course of my life as well, and I kept it kept piling up to the point where it would bubble over. And so I would write things down or I would just start living my life in a new way, and it got to a point where I just started miscellaneously writing a chapter here or – some information or some notes here and there. And (laughs) um, according to my father, that's not really how you write a book, which I will definitely take Mm -hmm. his words of uh, advice because he's the the meister, the master of book writing. But uh, so I kind of didn't really sit down and just write it. I just, it just came out in bits and pieces. And then when I got serious, I said, okay, come on. You know, because he actually said to me one day, are you going to write this thing or not? I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, let me say it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> actions speak louder than words. So what, just out of I curiosity, kind of, what was his, what were, was, what was his, what are his keys to uh, writing a book besides writing it? Well, he says, uh, well, I mean, I, he taught me so much. I can't even, we could have a whole conversation on <laughs> the way, the mm-hmm. things he taught me about sure. writing. But one of the things he says is, don't edit at all as you go along. Just pour it out, pour it out. There'll be plenty of time to go back and edit. But mm-hmm. if you start doing that while you're releasing, you're going to interrupt the muse, that flow. Mm-hmm. So to just keep letting it pour out. Um, so I did that. And my biggest challenge was then at the end, printing it all and seeing, since I didn't write it from beginning to end, I just wrote big clumps of information to put it, I had to put it all on the table or on the floor and look at it from a bird's eye view and say, okay, how can I throw this together? How, how does this make sense? And it was, um, I thought it would be so hard, but it all, that was one of the most exciting things because it almost sealed in the clarity and the insight that I knew that I kind of been learning along the way and picking up here and there and, and carrying with me. And it made all of a sudden it clicked. It made sense. It had mm-hmm. a pattern, a rhythm, a rhyme. And it felt like, ah, oh, that's it. That's how I feel. Or that's my process. Or I see it now. And it, it was just incredible. And I told myself, you know, if nothing happens with this book, if people don't get it, then I get me more. And that is a gift. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. just knowing that. So, so, so soul mm-hmm. courage. Um, tell us about what is soul courage, uh, how we can, how individuals can obtain it. Well, soul courage, as I know, it is about bringing all of who you really are to your life. 
You know, everything from your instinct, instinctual wisdom to your feelings, your curiosity, the ups and the downs and the whole gamut. Not putting on a cloak or a mask or feeling like you have to be macho, like you were saying earlier, or have to be confident or have to always be beautiful or whatever the case is, but just being you. And sometimes that you is not happy and sometimes it's totally in bliss. But I found that a lot of us even protect and hide and cloak and mask our bliss and we're depriving ourselves and we're depriving others of the experience and of just the whole domino effect of, hey, I'm feeling this and I'm going to express it and, and just allowing others to feel and express their feelings as well. So that, you know, it's just about daring to be and own all of yourself, mm-hmm. basically, to okay. put it broadly. Got it. Mm-hmm. Now, you to also talk about the moment of our life's most important realization and then the fact that every person facing the same decision at the same moment. So talk to us a little bit yeah. about those two concepts. Well, the, for me, my, the moment of my life's most important realization was that moment when I totally got that life had nothing to do with how much money I made, if I was going to find a guy and marry him, if I had kids, how skinny I was, <laughs> like all mm-hmm. the things that we worry about nonstop and that float through our head all the time, what I thought I needed to buy in order to be, you know, happy or whatever, my car, or blah, 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 blah. And the moment that I just got that, which now I can't even remember how it felt before I you know, knew this. It's kind of weird that I actually just live my life without even knowing this. But that moment when I went, ah, oh, I get it. We're, there's something way more going on here. And I'm preaching to the choir here. Any listeners that are, are listening to this probably are already on team, uh, <laughs> team knowledge about this. But there was that moment when I said, so I'm a soul. And I'm in this life to have an experience in mm-hmm. this physical body. And it has nothing to do with all the outside stuff that I've been preoccupying myself with. There's something way greater going on here. Whoa, I get it. Now, to me, that was my life's most important realization and changed the, my course of my life forever. Like, I can't, you, you can't go back mm-hmm. once, you, once that clicks in. Got it. And it's, have you had that experience? Of course you have. Uh, you know what? It's been, uh, I can't say it was one thing that did snap, but over time it's been getting like bigger and bigger where, uh, because my situation, everybody has a different situation, but for me, I've been, always wanted to be, uh, in the writing in a creative field yet. I got into business and I did very well in business yet. I was, and I was in a creative business, but I was on the business side of the creative business. And now I've stepped and I was president of an ad agency and live in the middle of New York City and all of that. And now I've gone the whole route to be a content creator and building my personal brand. And it's changed things that every day I get deeper and deeper on that path. And it's scary sometimes, but I know that's where I feel more comfortable as to where I need to be now. So, but it's a daily, you know, it's not, it's a daily it's step by step. And, uh, That's you, right. you know, a lot of things you talk about in your book about how to look at things you talk about from the inside out and about, you know, matching energy and we have to be careful about that. So let's, 
let's talk about that. Actually, you talk about energy matching and it's most people think, you know, if you go into an interview, they tell you match the energy of the other person, like match their moves, like, you know, mirroring the other person. Or if you go out on a date, mirror the other person, or you want to get along with somebody, mirror the other person. And you describe it and correct me if I'm wrong here is that's not really what we should be doing because that is uh, it's a little bit of a putting a mask on. It's a little bit of a self delusion. Very dangerous, I believe, yes, because then we're basically telling ourselves that the way that we can win the approval of others, which will hopefully ultimately lead a connection with them, is to not be ourselves. So that to me is very dangerous, but it takes courage. It takes courage to say, you know what, I'm going to be me, and if this person gets me, if they fall in love with me or if I get the job or if they want to be my friend or whatever the situation is, then that's amazing, and I can feel completely clean about it. I can feel like, yeah, I put me out, and I risked everything, and they love me. But if I don't put me out, if I'm just energy matching them, then they're just going to love themselves through me. (laughs) They're not even going to love me, so how can I feel good about that? And we do so much of that, I believe. You know, I see it all the time. You know, I even catch myself to this day with all my awareness around it, sometimes trying to approach that. And the difference now is I go, well, you know, as soon as I start to even move into it, I go, what, what, what's going on? I just do a little check-in. What I call a check-in, I just try not to make myself wrong, but just like, hey, you know, who are Mm -hmm. you in this moment? That kind of thing. So, but to answer a question that you asked me earlier, there's something that every single person is facing. Yes, at the exact same moment, every mm-hmm. single person in the world, every single waking person that's awake in the world is facing this exact same decision in this exact same moment. And that is, how much of me am I willing to share? How much of me am I willing to share with myself? Like, if I'm alone, am I going to just put the TV on or, you know, you put, go on Facebook for three hours or numb out and use a million and one resistance techniques to just avoid listening to my inner thoughts or feeling my feelings or mm-hmm. hearing the breeze or being present or whatever? And how much of me am I willing to share with others if I'm actually in the company of others? Will I look them in the eyes? Will I grace them with my presence, my face? Will I listen to them and allow them to hear my full expression? So that is something that's always facing us. That decision is always facing us in every moment. And that's Mm -hmm. another thing I do when I check in. Unless, you know, because we can't be an open book 24-7. I mean, that's just, that, that, that can feel invasive, I understand, especially if we're going through grief or hard times. But for the majority of our existence, and we all know what what the times are, to just ask ourselves, how much of me am I willing to share in this moment? Even just walking through the grocery store, to smile at someone, not to Mm -hmm. bury our head in our list or, you know, just look down or, you know, scurry along and ignore and then run back to our home. I mean, to to actually extend um, our energy and our good graces to one another. Oh, that's a great point. Um, you also talk about a sacred formula. Now, could you tell us a little bit about that and how you have you kind of tested it out? Absolutely. Well, one thing that I realized when I stumbled upon this, the whole soul courage concept, I, actually, when I was writing the book, I actually started writing that everyone, the cool thing about soul courage is that everyone has it. 
Everyone has soul courage because everyone is a soul, and the soul encompasses the essence of all of life. So I'm writing this, and then I just stop, like, total record scratch. I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, doing everything that my dad told me not to do. Like, wait a minute. Like, I can't write this. Then there's no reason for this book, right? That's exactly where my I went to my fear you know, in place, which right. I call my default, which is in the book. And um, then I just said, Shh, just keep letting it out. You know, but that is the cool thing about soul courage. It's not something that we have to find. We all have it. We're born with it. It's innate. Babies have it, and we just get retrained through the years. So, but there's a difference between having courage and being courageous. So that's the difference. And having courage is like courage in hibernation. We all have it, but it might be in hibernation. Well, being courageous is waking courage up. And so when I realized that, when all that clicked, and I realized, oh, my gosh, I have been courageous. And what has allowed me to be courageous? What kind of activated, if you will, my courageousness? And that's when I, you know, all the sequential steps of the sacred formula came out. It's what I now dub as the sacred formula. But the sacred formula is simply and profoundly feel express, connect. When we allow ourselves to feel all of what we're feeling and identify that feeling to ourselves, not just feel it and, you know, react, but to feel it and know what we're feeling, to identify it. And we allow ourselves to fully express that in whatever way we want, whether we want to cry, laugh, sing, journal, anything. That, I believe, is where the connection is. To me, that felt like, oh, my God, that's the formula. That's where the connection to, to our self is, our soul, the connection to life and divine, and the connection most certainly with other people when I feel my feelings, identify them, and express them to them. So that is what I realized activated my courageousness. It turned my courage into courageousness. Do you feel that um, uh, the way people live now, uh, it seems to be some people are really coming out and following their path to an ascension or raising their frequency or whatever. And then other people that I alluded to earlier who just, they don't want to know anything different because they're afraid that they may have been wrong. Do you, do you see that? Yeah, I do. And I think, um, I believe that a lot of times all those people need is a hand extended to them metaphorically, of course, Mm -hmm. and it might be actual physically at times, but to just have someone lead the way or show them that it's okay or invite them into it, you know, verbally or not verbally, just Mm -hmm. with their presence. So that's kind of, okay. Uh, I just, I didn't want to get off topic. (laughs) You're like, okay, I'm done with that. (laughs) No, no, no. I was just because it was, I I just made a little left turn there. And I was just wondering, because you're very tapped in if you were feeling kind of the same, the same thing. Um, I do. You know what? I love, I kind of, I don't love it when I feel that way because I I feel, feel a little sad, not sad. I mean, everyone's on their own path, but I feel like, Oh, when I, when those people are around, but in a way it's exciting for me because it's like, ah, I get to show up for them. I get to be of mm-hmm. service in some way and, and not in a way like where I'm like, you know, sh- you know, sh- buffing up the armor on my heart, like oh, good job. You know, I'm of service, but more in a way like 
I feel connected with humanity. Like this is, we're all one. This is why we're here. I got your back. Yep. Now you, you mentioned the, the word, uh, Tarot earlier defaults. And, um, what do you mean by our defaults and how do you replace defaults when you're doing what you call soul rendering? Could you take us through the concept and how it works? Yeah. Well, I discovered, uh, along the way of my <laughs> long path that a lot of times when I would be experiencing something, my expression would almost be automatic. Sometimes it would be like my first go-to energy, like a knee-jerk reaction. It was what I thought first before I even allowed myself to feel into the, situ- the situation. And I would, of course, realize this later on, possibly, you know, usually when I was laying in bed and reviewing the day and I go, God, why would I have said that? Or why would I have felt that? Or why would I have reacted that way? Mm-hmm. That's not at all what I felt. Or I don't, I didn't fully sincerely feel that way. And what I noticed was that I was triggered by an old experience that I might've had in the past. And then I just borrowed that reaction from that old experience. It was like a recycled response because I wasn't present enough to actually allow myself to feel into the genuine moment because I just reacted instead of responded from my, my heart. And so when I realized this, that's when I was like, oh, my goodness. I mean, that really changed a lot of the way that I experience life, not only with other people, most definitely with other people, but there's a train going by. I don't know if you can hear that. That's okay. <laughs> um, I, guess, I, I guess usually sirens outside my studio here in the streets. Oh, that's right, in New York. <laughs> but, um, but also, even when I was alone, if I would react a certain way, like if I, something good would even happen if I was alone and I'd go and my first reaction would be like, Oh, I don't want to get too excited because you know, it never lasts or it might not happen. And then I, you know, but the more aware I was around my default, which is what I've dubbed it now, then I would just stop and say, no, why would you go there? Why would you deprive yourself mm. of feeling excitement in this genuine moment and possibly even creating the outcome through the energy of your excitement, Right. Yeah. So great point. Why would you go to the default? Because I was probably disappointed as a little girl over and over, or you know, at least a couple hundred times. And that's just when I was trying. I thought I was protecting myself. I don't know why. It wasn't my job to make myself wrong about it in that moment, but just to be aware of it and and declare to 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 shift that. You know. So -hmm. the way I chose to shift it is through what I call soul rendering, and that's basically the expression aspect of the, the uh, sacred formula. And it's, it's just what it sounds like, surrendering to full expression of the genuine moment, soul rendering from within, you know, just kind of like stepping back, you know, when you feel that knee-jerk reaction that you're going to just kind of pop out with some recycled response to just stop for a moment. And I've even responded with something, that was like a triggered response. And even after the response with someone stopped and said, you know what? And this takes courage to do, mind you. I'm so sorry. That's really not even how I feel. I I don't know why I snapped (laughs) that way. I, I, I guess I thought I was defending myself, but I really don't feel that way and blah, 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 or whatever the situation is. So 
Um, it's so freeing to catch it before and just in, and to then retrain yourself to just surrender to that genuine moment. It's just so absolutely freeing. So that was one of the things that I uh, I bring up in my book, the default, and how mm-hmm. to not just go there. Well, one of the themes I wrote down when I was, as I you know would take a break from reading was uh, one of the keys it seemed to be was self awareness that uh, that people the way we live nowadays is we we're in a reactive mode and life moves faster now by a lot than it had had ever in centuries before and it's mm-hmm. difficult for people to evolve as fast as technology is changing how we live. And mm-hmm. self-awareness is something that a lot of times gets away from us. So we fall into our defaults and we fall into our mirroring uh, aspects. So t- talk to us about um, the idea, the concept of self-awareness and how individuals can be more self-aware in their, uh, and more social, if you will, using your terms, um, than how we usually live on a day-to-day basis and some kind of examples, if you would have any. Well, <clears throat> I would say that the the first thing would be having the desire to be self-aware because, and it sounds like, oh yeah, yeah. that's just like something you're saying to fill the air, but really a lot of us talk about wanting to do it, but then when stuff comes up and we start realizing things, we run to a resistance technique, you know, we go grab a drink or we, you know, call someone up immediately or we you know, turn the tube on or we do something a little, oh, I'm not willing to face that right now. You know, kind of like the whole, you know, plugging your ears and singing Mary had a little lamb, like, no, 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 just right. don't want to hear it right now from within. So having the desire that, and being able to, to, to face it and to, want to grow and move and get to know ourselves would be the first thing in hand in hand with that comes vulnerability, which is something that I'm very fond of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and ironically, you know, we're, we're taught the complete opposite right. all our whole life. We're especially men. My goodness. Sure. You know? I'm just going to say that. Golly, you know, you got to you know, be strong and you got to, you know, appear confident and, you know, this is the way you'll gain respect and blah, blah, blah. And I completely disagree, respectfully disagree that I, I think that it's the opposite. And I'm not saying, you know, wear your heart on your sleeve and just, you know, walk around and lose it at will, but to just really f- find it for, for once, to find it and to be grounded in who you are in a way that, that you almost don't even are, you almost aren't even vulnerable at all because you're so vulnerable. You become invulnerable, as I discuss in the book, because there's nothing that can penetrate you. Hey, this is who I am. The old saying, WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get. You know. And no, I, I think it's right on. I'll yeah. continue. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. Yeah, no. So that is one of the one of the things that. I believe not only allow us to move into, you know, self-awareness and take self-awareness into soul-awareness, but that allow us to truly connect with who we are and to truly connect with other people. So I think that's like the gatekeeper vulnerability, yep. to be honest. You know, you mentioned men, and I, just as a quick aside, uh, I'm, a, I'm a boomer, and I've gotten more and more and more self-aware of my actions, but also my, uh, my wellness. 
had a little scare two years ago when everything turned out okay. I had to go through a couple of procedures, but everything's good. And, you know, what I learned is that the Western medicine is incredibly good at technology. And they're incredibly good at, like, they have robotic surgery and things like that, which is absolutely mind-bogglingly amazing. However, when I asked all the doctors, like, uh, how, do you, how did I get this or how did I get that? And any tips in terms of going forward? I got nothing because that's not what oh. they do. And I noticed with a lot of, uh, so I took it upon myself to really keep my ears opening and learn and put in a lot of uh, rituals and protocols into my daily living, eat organic, cut down on the drinking. If not now, I've cut it out. Um, not that I was big on it before, but, you know, in business and social, you go out there and you pound drinks. That's just the way it is in New York. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, I stopped eating meat about seven years ago. And I initially I got sick from that. But I notice now a lot of my friends, boomers, they they're still, you know, I go out with them and there's beer and there's sliders and there's wings and there's deviled eggs. And they ask me about, you know, what do you know? Do you coconut pull? How do you, what's that all about? And I'm like, yeah. And I'll tell them, but, and they'll ask me, send me a picture of the bottle and I send it to them or a probiotic that I take. But Mm -hmm. most guys don't, they're, they're just, it's like money, their job and money. That's it. And sports and golf or whatever. They're not, they're not taking care of themselves. And the scary thing is that, if you hit about 60 or so and you, you, you better start taking care of yourself at that point, or when you get sick, you're going to get really sick and you can go down fast. And I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of our population is aware of that today. And I think your whole idea of being, you know, the whole socializing thing and soul courage also has to do with, correct me if I'm wrong, with how you take care of yourself, not just interacting with other people in the world, but also you're valuing yourself and, you know, we are a soul, we're in a body, but we have to take care of that body too. Could you comment on that? Totally, totally. You're right on the mark, you know. Yeah, we have to take care of that body. And everything that you said, eating right and making sure that we exercise and so forth, but just as important is a sense of, and some people may call it spirituality. I don't. It doesn't matter what you call it. it really, it's, it's just emotional health, you know, inner mm-hmm. Yep. You know, our relationship with ourselves. So name it what you will, but it's knowing who we are and why it is we're here and exploring that and, and having the courage to to feel all that and express it and also having the courage to connect with others about it. And gosh, if there's one thing, I mean, I wish for, I wish for humanity as a whole to do more of that, but especially so for men. I see so many men that feel trapped, like they can't reach out yep. even to other bros, you know, even mm-hmm. to their guy friends. And it, it just, it saddens me because not only is there freedom in there, but as you say, it's part of a healthy experience. Yeah, It's holding all that in. It's like, oh, I don't that's know. What we, that's what we do. And that's one of the reasons I'm, you know, fostering my brand, my guys, guys brand is I want to be in a position to be able to, you know, go that direction, help guys out. I got to tell you, it's a tough audience because just getting, getting to guys in any way is difficult. Even if you're a guy, even if you're a guy's guy, it's really tough to get, you know, to get on the radar screen because uh, it's a, it's a closed screen sometimes. So anyhow, uh, I'm I'm on it. it. 
I'm yep. just so happy you're on it. Way to go, Robert. That's cool. Right. Oh, thanks. That's great. Okay. Now <laughs> let's <laughs> no, enough about me. <laughs> the the no, five I'm guys of socializing. It. Let's talk about those five guys of socializing. Tara. Okay. So uh, <laughs> socializing first before we jump into the guides is the is the part where we're connecting with other people basically, and it's it's all about. You know, that's the, you know, the feel, express, and connect. So the socializing aspect is when we can genuinely reach out with ourselves, others in life, and, and feel as though we're engaging in full expression with our feelings, and we just are interacting. We feel alive. I don't mean we feel alive like we're hopping and skipping and whistling down the street, but we just we feel like we know who we are inside our body. I don't know if that makes sense or not, mm-hmm. but it's sure. a way of being, you know, it's about just creating truly conscious interactions, interactions and not very difficult to do, but yet sometimes can be a little bit, I don't want to say scary, but like, uh, I mean, I don't know, in the world today where everything is so technology, technologically, you know, easy and handed to us, it's like uh, people are lazy, <laughs> quite frankly. And they just would rather not be authentic or present or any of that. So that's why the first guide is willingness. The first guide for socializing. Because everything starts with willingness. Kind of like I was saying earlier, you know, having the desire for self-awareness. Everything starts with willingness. And just having the willingness to be willing is being willing. So that's Mm -hmm. like you're already on board. (laughs) And the second guide is vulnerability, which is, something we were discussing a little bit ago and can't say enough about that. It's the biggest chapter in my book. And it's just about revealing the true, our true selves, you know, with, with some sense of poise, you know, like I said, not just blurting out and crying and so forth, but, but, but not hiding, you know? And the third is gratitude. The third guide of socializing is gratitude. And the reason gratitude is the third guide is because just the very act of being grateful about something in the moment keeps you in that moment. It reaffirms yes. that you are yes. indeed in that moment. So if you go, God, isn't this a great day? Then boom, you're present. You're right there. Yep. You're in that moment. And it, so it, true. it keeps you there. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth is intention because without intention around anything, we would just be aimless and scattered and <laughs> we would just sure. kind of be bebopping along. And the more aware we get, uh, the more we get in touch with our self-awareness, the more we realize that's true with everything. Obviously not just socializing or connecting with other people, but having intention to do anything, whether it's to be healthier, you know, body, mind, spirit, or to, you know, create a healthier relationship with our spouse or our friends or anything. So that's, the, the biggie is intention. And then the final thing is presence. That's the final guide. And that's just seeing and experiencing what is currently in front of us. So those are the, mm-hmm. you know, briefly the guides of socializing. Fantastic. That I feel can, you know, take people into more of a stage of connecting with life and themselves and other people. Now, uh, let me ask you one last question. Um, intention. A lot of people um, nowadays, you know, the word manifesting is uh, is big, and everybody thinks about how can I manifest something, whatever it is. And I think people are 
starting to understand it more and more and, and we're all learning about it more and more. And one of the keys to it you mentioned in the book is, is intention. Could you talk about um, people wanting to, you know, work on their manifestation skills, if you will. I don't know. I don't have a better way of expressing that mm-hmm. and why intention is a many times often left out and why it is such a key driver to actualizing the things that you want to have occur. I think it's a key driver because just the very act of um, creating an intention for something completely differs from wanting something. So say you say, I really want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever you probably make more, but I'm just using that as an example. Then you, then guess what? You get to have the experience of really wanting to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, I really want to meet the man of my dreams. Guess what? Then I get to have the experience of really wanting to meet the man of my dreams. But as soon as you shift your thought pattern ever so slightly to the right or the left or whatever way, and you go, you know what? It is my intention by this time next year. And you put a little like boom on it. Then you kind mm-hmm. of, it's almost like you are, you're now you're sailing the ship. You're not just sitting, you know, on the bench going, yeah, look at that sunset. I'd really like to, you know, you're not dreaming. You are creating. Now you've got that, that the, I forgot what the till in your hand and you are guiding mm-hmm. your own ship. So that is the difference. And that's why I think it's so powerful because it just, it takes a lot of the wanting and the waning and the, you know, just the, the desires that leave us feeling empty out and puts us in the driver's seat and makes us feel more empowered. Like, you know, this is my intention. And it also holds us accountable. I'm going to work for this. You know, it's, yep. I can't just say it's my intention and then do nothing about it. I need to align my behavior with my intention, with my act. You know, my behavior has to follow what my intention is. We can't just say, I want that. You know, well, what are you going to do to lose weight? Okay, I'm going to align my behavior with that. I'm going to go to the gym four times a week. I'm going to drink green smoothies or whatever. Mm-hmm. What is my, my behavior is going to line up with it. And I'm also going to be clear about it. I'm not just going to throw out something like, I just want to be married. I'm, right. I'm going to have the intention and the clarity around what that looks like. And I'm going to imagine myself feeling it. Not just the end game, but feeling the unity of having a partner in my life or, you know, that's just an example, but feeling whatever my intention is, feeling into it. And so having the clarity around that is so important as well. And yeah, and aligning aligning our behavior and hmm, what else is there? Well, those are some prime things that go along with intention. Oh, ambivalence. That's another thing. It, a lot of times, and I've caught myself doing this, you know, we set the intention for something. And then the moment we get close to it, we all of a sudden go, well, I don't know. We back away, <laughs> either out of nervousness or fear or like, oh, shit. Well, I mean, rats, what am I going to do if this actually comes in my, falls to my lap, you know? So I don't think we – I mean, I believe that we're creating, co-creating with the energy of the universe, not to get too woo-woo, but uh, I don't think there's like a – God, a puppet up there with strings that's saying your wish is my command. I believe that we're part of the co-creation of this. So when we're ambivalent about something, it's mm-hmm. like going, this is what I want, and coming on real strong and sending our energy out, and then going, no, 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 wait a minute. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's just right. like jerking, jerking the end game to it. You know, is it coming or going? And so all those things are important 
um, to keep in mind around intention and and allowing and deserve feeling that we deserve that we wholeheartedly deserve what we want to bring into our life. Got it. Yeah. One last one last final final question, and then uh, we'll get to your social media and your website and all of that. But what would be your one tip for listeners to say, okay, I want to start living as Tara says in the book from the inside out, what, what's the one thing they could do to get started tomorrow? You know what? It could be something so small. This is, this is, you're going to be like, really? That's the one thing. It could even be telling someone has not, you don't need to tell them about my book or any of this, but just saying, declaring out loud, even if they don't declare it to someone, to look in the mirror before they go to bed for their teeth and look at their self and say out loud with commitment and declaration, I am ready for more in my life. I'm ready to get to know who I am really and to, you know, why I'm here and, and to bring all of myself out and share it with others. I love to it. Just I declare think that's it in fantastic. some way. Fantastic mm-hmm. advice. I love it. Our special guest on Guys Guys Radio has been Tara Janelle Walsh. Tara, thank you so much. Tell us where we can find your book, your, if you have any social media things you want to share with us, and where our listeners can learn more about you. Oh, thanks, Robert. I really, it's been fun being on the show. And there my website go. is soulcourage.com which is pretty easy to remember. And the book can uh-huh. be purchased on Amazon. And I, you know, I think they have it on sale now for 14 something. So that's pretty doable. And I'm on Twitter as well. So yeah, I'd love to, and, and Facebook, of course, soul courage um, page on Facebook, as well as my own face page, own face page, <laughs> yeah, my own Facebook page, Tara Janelle Walsh. And what's your Twitter handle? It's TJ Walsh. TJ Walsh. Okay, I'm going to hit you up on that. Great. All right. All right. Well, great. Tara, I really enjoyed speaking with you and getting to know you. And uh, thank you for accepting my Facebook uh, invitation. And uh, I love the book. And thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. I mean, you're doing something unique. You're doing something that's worthwhile. And you're doing it from your point of your own soul courage. And I'm so glad you're, you know, on your journey and you're doing all this great work. So keep it up, and thank you for being with Thanks, us. Thanks, Robert. Thanks for your support. Thank you so you much. You got it. Okay. Bye. Ciao. So, folks, that's our show for this evening. That was Tara Janelle Walsh. Her book is Soul Courage. Uh, you can pick it up online and uh, learn more about Tara there also, and it's a really good book, and uh, it's really one of those books where it helps helps you live a more fulfilling life, and that's kind of what we're all about here on Guys Guys Radio. So, Next week, we've got, uh, we're back to kind of basics. We've got a relationship expert, uh, Dr. Catherine Foster. She's written a book about women for men. Uh, So that'll be interesting. I read it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to have her on next Wednesday. So in the meantime, I hope everybody enjoys this great weather. I know the folks down in the Houston area, you got tons of rain and everything. And I sent out my prayers to you, and I hope everybody does. Here in the Northeast, we have lovely weather right now. It's just so crazy with the weather, and you never know what you're going to get these days. But hang in there, everybody. Have a great week, and take one day at a time. And remember that, uh, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>